You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach, Andrea LaRosa, and my co-host and producer, Kanan John Dewey. We are live. We're now streaming live on Facebook. Look at us. Look Ah. at us. We are like live and shit, right? We are moving up in the world. Yeah. (laughs) We want you guys to have, actually, I'm looking at it right here on my little um, phone. I wonder if this is going to be distracting. I might have to turn this off for a hot second. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, welcome to the show, everybody. We're doing a special holiday episode for you because we are coming back at the end of the month in, a, was it November the 28th? The weekend of Thanksgiving, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. We, we wanted to come back and chat with you guys about, you know, the upcoming holiday season because now that Halloween is almost here and gone, Oh, I know. It's by Halloween. By Halloween. (laughs) We know Mariah Carey's song is going to start tomorrow. And that begins the 60 days of the holiday season. And that can impact all of our dating lives and even our relationships for those of us that are in relationships. It's a absolutely it is a wonderful time of the year. And it is also a very trying time of the year for some people. It is. And it's really interesting because when we got together to plan this episode, some of the things we talked about, which I don't want to get into quite yet. Um, I sat down and did extensive research and realized just about everything we thought is a myth. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what oh do you know? <laughs> okay. So what do you mean by myth? Like, like, give me an example. Um, well, let's, should we just jump right into? Yeah, because you have me intrigued. Right. So we had talked about the fact that suicide rates go up at the holiday season, right? Okay. In winter. Okay. Yeah, that's a myth. That is 100% a big fat lie. Wait, really? I thought that was actually like a truth. I thought I always saw like on the news or people try to make it like these sad um, PSAs, you know, call your loved ones, especially your single friends. They could be suicidal right now, especially during the holidays. Nope. Nope. Big oh. fat myth. Um, found quite a few psychologists. I found a suicidologist. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's okay. A suicidologist. And she has so many studies. She wasn't the only one, um, but she was the only one that I found that is a suicidologist, which that's a thing. Um, what exactly so you, is a suicidologist though? Just somebody who specializes in suicide, all research, all information related to suicide. She started groups. She chairs boards. She's, she's all over the place. I mean, she is probably the number one person for information about suicide rates mm-hmm. and information in general about suicides. But she made some really good points. Mm-hmm. So she was talking about the fact that um, we have this misconception that suicide rates go up in the winter months because there's less light. Mm-hmm. People get depressed mm-hmm. and have less energy. Mm-hmm. But she says that actually, biologically, it takes a lot of energy to commit suicide. And the suicide rates, according to the CDC, actually peak in spring and in fall hmm. when it's warmer. And according to suicide prevention hotlines, they say their phones, they get a lot more calls during summer months. That's their peak all the warmer months. So the winter, and they said, actually, I think it was according to CDC says that December is the lowest suicide rate. That is so interesting because like I said a few moments ago, I've always been under the assumption that the holiday seasons where people feel the loneliest, well, okay, assumption, that's what it was. Um, that they feel the loneliest because that's when you're starting to see all the commercials for like these families getting together. And then there's the inevitable car commercial with the big red bow where the partner is getting a car for Christmas and the person's like, Oh my God, this is so great. And you're watching it as a single person or someone that doesn't have family. I feel like that can be overwhelming, 
coupled with the colder weather. But now that you say spring and fall, those are times where we're out a lot more and we're a little bit more social. We might be showing more skin. So do you think that may correlate somehow to the two or? Well, according to um, the suicidologist that I found, uh, Dr. Foreman, she talks about just the fact that the warmer months um, peak because for one, you have more energy and you're starting to feel a little bit more alone. Oh. That because of the holidays, people feel a little bit more connected. To each other or just in general? You know, I think, I think a lot of it is to each other, but in general as well, Hmm. you're, we have this idea that in the summer months, we're socializing more. Mm -hmm. And I know for my business, it drops a little bit in the summer months because people are out dating more Yeah, and they feel like they can kind of do it on their own. So like my business kind of drops a little bit and then around holidays, it peaks But this is opposite. So I just, it was a little bit mind blowing to think that we've been wrong. And she does say that movies have been kind of a culprit to that myth. And I couldn't believe it. So many articles out there talking about this great big myth of the suicide rate going up around the holidays. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty serious topic. I don't want us to just make light of it. Um, No, not at all. There are people dealing with serious depression. We've talked about that in the last season or season one, where we had an episode dedicated to depression. So this is a very serious matter, but there, you know, movies and media does leave us with these assumptions that are actually not true. So then what is it about the holiday season sometimes that fills so many of us with dread. Like, like as a couple, you feel like you have to put on a show sometimes and you go to holiday parties, whether it's Thanksgiving or the endless amount of Christmas parties, if you're lucky to get invited to some. And as a single person, I mean, just thinking back on the days when I was single, I was always thinking like, oh, it is getting colder out. It'll be so nice to have someone to, you know, cuddle with or you know, have right. sex, and, you know, get drunk, watch TV, yada, 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 yada. Of course. So I would think those like, so what is, why do we feel this dread sometimes when it comes to the holiday season? I think a lot of it has, there's for one, this misconception of loneliness equating suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, according to the CDC and Dr. Foreman, there's so much more to it, mm. um, which I don't want to get into now just because I don't want to spiral down this depressing road of suicide. Um, but just because someone experiences loneliness doesn't mean that they're suicidal. This is true. So there is a lot of loneliness as far as a lack of intimate partner, but there's other levels of connection happening during this time. Mm -hmm. You are having maybe more work parties. Mm -hmm. So office parties, and maybe you're getting together with office coworkers Mm -hmm. more and with friends more and with family more and with, you know, all of the events that might be happening in your city around the holiday time, Mm -hmm. you're going to events, you're going out shopping, you're, even if you don't like your family, (laughs) you're probably shopping for them. At least you're distracted by so many other things. Mm. So even if you are feeling lonely and you're going home at night and you're like, gosh, I wish I really had someone to like cuddle with and curl up by the fire or on the couch and watch a movie with, you know, some candles or some wine or popcorn or whatever in the heck it is you want to be doing with your partner. Um, you're still being distracted by all the other events and all the other activities that are happening. And I think the reason why su- spring increases that suicide rate is because now you don't have that. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have that connection. Everyone's done with their holidays. Mm-hmm. Everyone's done having fun they're and going to events and everyone's back to their normal lives. Mm-hmm. They're all back in their own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like you kind of have to fend for yourself again. Right. Now to pivot the conversation a little, I'm wearing like a little leopard shirt that I design or whatever, but I know tomorrow or what is it? Sunday is going to be Halloween. 
And yesterday I did a solo trip to Disneyland and I'm seeing all these sexy costumes from men and women, you know, the, the kitty cat, the Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, the list goes on. Of course. What is it about Halloween that makes us all want to be like sexy? Why is Halloween selling sex so much sometimes? I mean, to be fair, have you? Well, probably not. <laughs> As a woman, when you go to a Halloween store to find a costume, and mm-hmm. you're thinking, you know what, maybe I'll just be a nurse or maybe I'll dress up as a witch or maybe I'll dress up as whatever, a zombie. Okay. They're all sex. They're all selling sex. You should see these outfits. They're all very low cut. They're short. They're fitted. Oh, so it's based on what's available. Right. What you're saying. Or you make your own costume now, which a lot of people do. Which then turns into like this elaborate thing that's like, I, like a girl I saw yesterday had on like a hoop dress. And I'm like, okay, you're coming to Disneyland or Dis- uh, the adventure park with a hoop dress on. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's it's like, going to be really hard to get on a ride. <laughs> on anything. Can't even sit down to have a snack. So I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, what's happening? What's, what's going on? Anyway, so do you think there's a pressure to be sexy, like have sexy costumes? Because I know like in the gay world, we dress up in costumes for a Tuesday, you know, we'll put on our leather gear, not everyone. I'm not making it <laughs> all gay people do this, but you know, putting your leather gear or put on whatever fetish wear, you know, it's all a costume, you know, to, to help you feel a certain way to help you feel sexy. Um, but it's just like this one time of the year, some of the most uh, quiet and shy people really come out of themselves. Like people who are normally covered up, the breasts are out or like the, the guns are out and all that stuff. It's not the summer anymore. It's, it's kind of cold out. Well, like I just, it's interesting how this one holiday besides every, like the summer is about the bathing suits, but this particular day is about being as freaky as possible. Do you think people get luckier and find more dates because of it? Or does it negatively well, impact people who are trying to get like, legit dates so halloween there's different facets to it let's start with the fact that people kind of come out of their shell a little bit and wear costumes that they normally wouldn't on any other occasion one is because they're with friends and Mm -hmm. maybe for women especially they're doing um a group theme Uh which could very well happen Uh But also the fact that you have a mask, you have this other persona that you're kind of tapping into. Okay. Is it also it's allowing people to hide behind this this other person? You know, if you're putting on a full on mask, then you're hiding behind. Nurse you're hiding behind this other persona. Now you say that, do you think that that person that they're now putting out there with the costume on is, is the true them that's coming through? Like, would it be wild to say that the guy in the loincloth Tarzan costume or the girl in like the bikini nurse outfit is secretly, I'm just going to say a slut. And this is their one time of the year to be like, Hey, this is the real me. Come get some. And then they go back to being their more uh, reserved, reserved self because of work, because it's, it's not allowed in the life that they have. Like, is this a, an eye or a window into what they really want. Like, is it, can we, I mean, I think it's an opportunity to Mm. explore for sure. I definitely think it gives them this opportunity to see like, you know what? I want to see what it feels like to dress up as Elvira or whatever and Uh put on this low cut sexy dress or Uh whatever you want to be. Okay. You know, if you want to be the guy who's, you know, in toga or whatever. Oh, yeah. The toga guys every every Halloween. It's like right. <laughs> you just want to be half naked, sir. Come on. 
So like, yeah, I think at a, for a certain age group, mm-hmm. it is their opportunity to kind of explore this sexiness, this other side of them to see like, how do I feel doing this under the cloak of the holiday? Yeah. Cause when I was looking at the people that were doing it, there were a lot of couples, which I find fascinating. I'm like, kudos to those couples. If to get dressed up together and even families I saw doing it as a whole, like a whole family was dressed as a pirate, elaborate costumes, not the ones you get from the store. Like they went to a, like, uh, I don't know, a, a, um, a costumer to get it anyway, but like, right, but that's these, LA. Yeah. That's LA. <laughs> you see these people and you look at their faces. You can tell like on a regular Monday through Friday, they probably are like an accountant or something can I say generic? Is that mean? Is that demeaning to what they do? Something that's more of a normal everyday job. But you can see it in their face, but in their costumes, it's just like, ah, it makes me wonder how many of us will be living alternative lives if we were allowed to. And if we could, would that impact all the decisions that we're making? Because I feel like this time of the year, people kind of shift their personalities a little. Either they show a little bit more who they really are or they pull back because of the conditions that that are being set around them. And I always wonder, is that the real us we're showing? And if we could live like that every day, would we all be happier? Would our decisions towards who we're dating be different? Would um, a lot of things be different? Because if you're allowed to fully embrace who you are, you probably choose a different partner. Like I'm seeing these people, these couples in costumes together. I'm like, that is a fucking amazing. Like you imagine <laughs> meeting someone like I have someone that's into Disney. I'm like, imagine if you met a girl who loved it just as much as you do. And all you two do together on your time office, you know, get dressed up and do that. That's amazing. What a, a, a couple made in heaven. So I, I just wonder if like, I don't know. I mean, think about it though. Halloween allows you to be able to dress up and be whoever you want to be for one day Mm. without judgment. But then outside of that one day, now you have what society says you should be, what your family says you should be, what your work says you should be. So yeah, I do think it would be very different if it was a little bit more socially acceptable to just be whoever you want to be without judgment without judgment. And I, th- I think it will, it will positively impact our dating lives and our relationships, everything, because the more authentic we are, the more likely we'll be able to attract like better relationships and all that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and on that note, this next thing I was thinking about, okay. So we were talking earlier that People are more social or more connected in the winter months versus like the spring and the fall or whatever. Is that why people tend to have more babies? I'm noticing like you're like around the springtime as well. We see a lot of couples saying, oh, you know, we got, we're pregnant now. We're going to have a baby in a few months. And it seems like this time of the year also springs a lot. Do you think there's more summer and spring babies than winter because more people are like, you know, getting it on in the winter. I know we talked about this. We were kind of wondering if there was something to this. So again, sat down, did all the research and yet again, another myth. That's Uh, another myth. mm -hmm. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So So um, I found a, a, a few, um, experts and started following them. And I found a sexual and reproductive health specialist that specifically talks about in the winter months when it's cold, Mm -hmm. our libido actually goes down. It decreases. That's interesting because I feel like mine increases. I guess that's just me. But you don't have the same type of winter as some other places do. Oh, yeah, that's true. I live here in L.A. Uh-huh. Yeah. It stays warm. Yeah. So I think that plays a big factor in it because mm-hmm. she's talking about the colder months mm-hmm. in the winter being cold and the 
the myth of people want to curl up and snuggle under blankets together. So we want to have more sex to stay warm. Yeah. None of that. (laughs) That's not true. So basically you're just trying to survive the winter. You're not even thinking about getting it on. (laughs) Yeah. So she was even saying that, um, in the winter months, in, in places where it's cold and mm-hmm. you don't have as much sun, LA doesn't count. You have sun all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, even where I live, it's not a fair assessment to make just because even though it gets colder here, it doesn't snow and the sun's out every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was saying that what happens in places where you start to stay in more because it's cold, you're not getting as much sun, you're not getting as much vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And for men, sorry, it cause it can cause erectile dysfunction. Really? So, yep, a main leading cause for erectile dysfunction is a lack of vitamin D. Who knew? Oh. I learned so much from these experts. <laughs> Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. So not only does your libido drop in those winter months, but it can also be challenging to get an erection. The sun affects so much of our lives. Not only does it, really it does like our moods, because I notice when mm-hmm. it gets a little cloudy here, I'm like depressed the whole damn day. I'm like very ominous. But then when it's sunny and I'm happy, I feel you know, alive, ready to do things. And, you know, the sex drive is perfectly fine when it's warmer out. That's that seasonal effectiveness disorder. Dang. Vitamin D. Huh. Vitamin D. (laughs) Which makes me wonder, like, if there was something to the whole tanning salons, like I know, like, I didn't do any research about tanning salons, so I don't really know any of the ins and outs on that. So I would love to know if someone does know anything about them, but does it, first of all, are they really bad for you? Second of all, does it actually help feeling like you've been exposed to some sunlight? Like, I don't know how any of that works. I don't know how they, they really work, but I know that's like a big marketing point for tanning salons to get some extra vitamin D for them to just help people feel rejuvenated during those winter months. Now, I don't know if it's a placebo effect. Mm -hmm. I don't think it actually gives you any vitamin D. Mm -hmm. But again, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about tanning salons. Yeah. I went to a tanning salon recently, not to get tanned, but for some... (laughs) (laughs) For for red light therapy. And Mm. I actually have a friend who started a business and it looks pretty, it looks like they're going to be doing well. He has some patents done for it. And I think it's called Solbassium, S-O-L-B-A-S-I-U-M. And I'm into red light therapy. It's interesting. I will say maybe it is a placebo effect. I don't know 100% for sure. But the few times that I did go to the tanning salon, I did get that red light therapy. I did feel something. I don't know if I, it was a little bit, yeah, my skin felt a little softer. I don't know. I felt more rejuvenated a little bit. I don't know. It's like we're living in this world where we don't know what is snake oil and what is not. Right. We don't know what is working and what doesn't. We don't know because everyone varies. Like what works for one person may not work at all for me, you know? So it's like, you just never know. So you know, those things are all so interesting. And do you think people use those in those places that are a little colder and it's darker? Are tanning salons more in those places than let's say here in LA or where you're at? You know, I grew up in upstate New York and winters were really rough. Mm-hmm. And when I was in my early twenties, uh, my friend and I, we used to go all the time mm. and do the tanning beds. Now, Thinking back to it, I'm just like, why did I do that? I liked feeling tan. I liked the warmth mm-hmm. from the tanning bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did. It kind of mimicked the idea of feeling like I was in the sun and not <laughs> looking so pale. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we all want to feel warm. Mm-hmm. Like 
I notice I take long showers sometimes because I just want to feel the warmth of something. And it's uh, someone I, I read went someplace that it's because we all long to be in our mother's womb again and feel that <laughs> warmth of like, you know, all around you just comforted. So it's just like you sit in the shower for a long time or you go in a tanning bed for a long time. And maybe that's that's why I was assuming in the winter months a lot more hanky-panky and a lot more things go on because we want to feel that warmth. But now you're telling me we're just focused on trying to survive these few months so we can get through the other side. I know. It's crazy. Now, you say your business peaks in the winter months. Um, Why do you, besides, I mean, you said that we're more connected because we're doing more things that involves other people. Why do you think people are calling out for more dating help in the winter months versus, I mean, yeah, the summer, yeah, you might be out doing your own thing, go to a, a beach party or a pool party, mm-hmm. wherever the fuck. But why do you think people need more guidance in the winter months for dating and whatnot? I do think they start to feel lonelier around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very nostalgic time for a lot of people oh starting now. The nostalgia is like overwhelming. Right. And you have to remember that people are going to parties after Halloween. Mm -hmm. Halloween is a great singles party. Yeah. But afterwards, single holiday, it becomes very coupled. Yeah. And it's, I don't want to go to my office party alone without a date. Mm -hmm. Everyone's bringing their husbands, their wives, their partners, whatever. I'm yet again going to the holiday party alone and not even bringing up new year's eve (laughs) oh the holiday of like who are you kissing at midnight (laughs) it drives me ballistic (laughs) yeah why have we put this pressure on ourselves to have to kiss someone at midnight what does that mean to you Mm -hmm. if you kiss someone at midnight does it mean that you are no longer lonely does it mean to you that you'll have a partner for the upcoming year are you superstitious and think that it's some kind of insight to how the next year is going to go for you i think it's all superstition honestly I mean, I used to get a little sad on New Year's Eve when um, I didn't have someone to kiss or even Christmas when it's like you see all your friends. Oh, my, I mean, I have a husband now, but when I was <laughs> single, uh, I would be sitting around like, oh, my friends are getting like cute, cute little fucking gifts from their stupid fucking boyfriends and fucking wives. And I'm just sitting here by myself in my fucking house of my Cabernet and blunt. <laughs> <laughs> just sad just so sad and then with new year's eve it's even worse because everyone's kissing i feel like okay there's halloween which is like the singles holiday but then i almost feel like it all ends with valentine's day it's like couple 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 and then valentine's day is like the super bowl of like exaggerating how lonely you feel or or grateful that you're in a relationship. It's like these next, I guess, not even 60, 90, over a hundred days is just like challenging for single people because you're constantly reminded, why aren't you in a relationship? Oh gosh, yeah. We won't even talk about Valentine's Day. Yeah. But yeah, New Year's Year's is a tough one for a lot of people. There's a lot of pressure to go to a fun party, to not be alone. Um, especially if you have friends that are married or have a partner and they're not doing the party thing anymore and they're just doing the cute couple thing and they're going to their fancy dinner. You know, I, in LA, I remember a lot of the restaurants do these really cool specials for New Year's Eve, but they're, yep. They're for couples. Yeah. And if you're. It's like, what do you do? It's like, fuck. It's like, I want to do something fun too. Do you think it's okay to take an escort? I mean, it's not sexual. I would not, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's escorts where they're just a date. I mean, yeah, people are going to ask questions like, how do you two know each other? But you know, you're always out on a date. Like, would that be taboo to do for the holiday season? Aren't there a gazillion holiday films about that crap where they end up falling in love afterwards? Oh, come on. People that fall in love with escorts and strippers just need to well, stop. 
I'm going to roll my eyes as much as I can. <laughs> Wait. Uh. I mean, you see that all the time. Like, oh, I think she loves me. She was so nice. It's literally her job is to be nice to you and make you feel special. But no, okay, back to the question. It, would it be bad? Let's say, you know, Thanksgiving is coming. You want To hire someone? To go with you? No, I guess, okay. I guess not. Okay. I guess I'm just looking. Yeah, that's probably terrible to do. You're right. No, I'm saying it's not terrible. Like if, you know, I was just on um, one of a Facebook group where someone was saying like, I've noticed in a lot of these groups and divorce groups, separation groups, singles groups, um, people are feeling very, very lonely right now. And there was a gentleman who was talking about feeling lonely. And I asked him like, what would it take for you to not feel lonely this week? What one thing can you do for yourself to help not feel so lonely? And he just couldn't get away from not wanting to be with a woman. I just want to, I just need a partner. I just want a partner. And I was like, well, if you can't have that, because you can't force that, what one thing can you do? Mm -hmm. And he was just so focused that, nope, that's all it has to be. It has to be a partner. Well, And so I feel like for someone like him, mm -hmm. yeah, you know what? Maybe hiring someone to fulfill that, that feeling of having a partner. But honestly, I don't think you need to hire someone. I think if you do dating right, if you get your butt on an app and do it the right way. You do have the dating be, algorithm. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Be open to going on a date with a human that you don't have to pay. Although. Well, okay. Can I just. For dinner. <laughs> just. Can I just say this? I The way I look at it is, you know how they say you you to help visualize things you create the experience that'll help you make it more tangible yeah so like they have cut people who get who pay people to cuddle with them it's not a relationship you lay down in a bed with someone or on a couch or something they just hold you mm -hmm. how i see it is if you're hiring an escort a non-sexual escort to go to these parties with you they're helping you feel the feelings of what it's like to be in a relationship yeah you're going to get those awkward questions of how did you two meet each other you just you're on a fucking date they don't need to know the details that you paid them but at least it allows you to take that pressure off and not have your family looking at you with those weird eyes like, oh, this mm -hmm. poor pathetic one. But you have someone there and literally their job is to act like they're fucking interested in you. And so what if you break up in January because you're not paying them anymore? You could just be like, oh, well, things didn't work out. You know, she found something it happens. Else. Yada, yada, yada. So I just was looking at it like that. Like it's a way to take the pressure off of people asking you those dumbass questions. And maybe it's a, a beta kind of way for you to test run some things uh, in uh, that you would do if you were dating because i mean that person is kind of objective i would hope where you can say if i did this is this right and i mean i just i don't know so yes you could hire someone and not have the pressure of having to constantly impress them because you've paid them so you yeah. don't have to be this super cool guy or gal and you can just kind of do your thing and know that at the end of the day, you're paying them to be there. If you're worried about what people will ask, like, how'd you meet? So when you go to set up the meeting, you say, you know what, can we meet in person first mm -hmm. and have a conversation and I'll give you the rundown of the days I need to hire you, whatever you meet at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. You go through that, talk about how you're going to pay them. Mm -hmm. And then when people ask you, well, how'd you meet? Oh, we met at a coffee shop. Yeah. It seems your first actual meeting is at that coffee shop. Yeah. So you're not lying. Technically. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it seems absurd that we're even having this conversation about doing this. Yes, I will say that. But I can also see the positive. The uh, in, in some like, for instance, I think and this is a very taboo statement. I think sex workers should be legal work because I think there are a lot of marriages between men and women, men and men, women and women, non-binary and 
non-binary, whatever relationship makeup it is that are saved sometimes because of these outside forces, allowing them to, I don't know, get the stress off or whatever the case may be, and then come back to their relationship. I'm not advocating for everyone to have like open relationships or all that kind of stuff, but I do see the positive in being able to have someone that's objective from your relationship to maybe release some of this energy. There's nothing better than openly talking about this with your partner. Of course, we all don't have that luxury. And sometimes that takes time. And sometimes those situations like uh, escort non-sexual or a sex worker can help you slowly get to the point where you can talk about it with your partner. If your partner's okay with it, if that possibility is there, I mean, I don't know. I feel I can't condone that one. <laughs> no, I don't I know. I, I cannot I, condone that one. I well, don't you're think, a dating specialist. I'm looking at this much differently, I guess. I don't think trying to have, um, being in an open relationship is very challenging for people in general. It is a different beast to tackle mm-hmm. if you are in a heterosexual relationship. I can see that. There are expectations that I think um, gay and lesbian relationships have and communication styles. And it's just a different experience versus straight relationships. And unfortunately, it would be nice if people who were in heterosexual relationships could start becoming a little bit more open. I'm not saying you have to be open to an open relationship, but having those conversations. Um, There's a lot of challenges to it. And we're going to talk about it in some of the episodes for season two. We're going to talk about being in open relationships. Actually, we're going to call them a non-monogamous Ethical non-monogamy is what we're going for. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, you have to have a level of communication and a level of trust that is well beyond what most couples have. Yeah. Um, And if you are looking to improve your relationship because of whatever reasons, it's probably not the right direction to go. Hmm. either getting a coach or getting a therapist is probably a healthier way to figure out what you need. Now, is it that you need to bring someone else into the relationship? Might be, but first find out what it is. Because a lot of times when we think one solution might be the answer, it's because there's an underlying problem that's much deeper and much bigger. And we didn't even realize like, that's where this issue is coming from. And maybe it's not actually sex related. Yeah. I do wonder that sometimes, like as much as I advocate for, you know, sex workers and different kinds of career choices that are kind of taboo, because I I think, you know, people want it, just make it safer for them to fucking get it. That's all that's really important and just less dangerous for those involved. But um, yeah, I can see your point in all of that. Yeah. So it's just a matter of being cautious with that, but we got so sidetracked. (laughs) No, it's, I think it's cool. We've been talking about so much in this episode. Is there any other myths that you like research that you wanted to share with us? Cause I'm, I was slightly blown by the erectile dysfunction one. Who would have thought the sun affects even your dick? I mean, and that's for a a male perspective. I mean, everything I say is literally from like, But think about it. Like, I know when I lived in England, I didn't realize I wasn't getting as much sun exposure. So I wasn't getting as much vitamin D. And the doctor there put me on a huge vitamin D regimen. And I was just Mm. like, wow, this is so much vitamin D. But it was affecting everything. My hair stopped growing. My nails stopped growing. My skin Mm. wasn't as nice. So it makes sense that the sun isn't just the sun. It's it's the vitamin. It's It's, it's our mood. It's our serotonin levels that get affected during the winter time too. So it's just, there's so much to consider and I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to dive into that by any means, Yeah, but I can see how it creates some issues, especially when it affects your mood, it affects your loneliness mm-hmm. and then affects your dating. So honestly, if you are looking for your holiday date, 
(laughs) (laughs) And you are single and looking for that one person that can go to all of those holiday parties with you, or, you know, could be your situationship (laughs) for the next coming months. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about like a friend with benefits? I always feel you should never mix those with like social things because then the sex gets ruined. No, a situationship is a little bit different. Um, I don't usually suggest those are great to get into because usually one person doesn't realize they're in it. Exactly. (laughs) It's a mess. It's a messy situation. Friends with benefits is messy, but go ahead. It can be very messy. All relationships are messy. Yeah, it's true. To be fair, hookups are messy. Relationships are messy. Marriages are messy. Dating is messy. Human interaction is messy. (laughs) It's all messy. (laughs) And the sooner we realize that, the better off we'll be. Yeah. We just have to remember that we don't communicate at the same level as everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that. I can't tell you how many times I hear you know, I'm a really good communicator or I want a partner who's a really good communicator. Exactly. Same face. Yeah. It's usually the opposite of I've learned in life that whatever someone is saying and proclaiming, like with exclamation, like very pat, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're usually the exact opposite of whatever they're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, and I've seen a lot in the Facebook group lately. I, I've noticed there's been a lot of chatter going on about um, getting frustrated with men and women mm-hmm. as far as dating apps go. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ghosting that's happening nowadays. There's, you know, having conversation and then people disappearing mm-hmm. or going catfishing. on a date and not hearing from them again. Catfishing is happening a lot more now. Online dating is challenging because it's given this idea, this menu option mm-hmm. of, you know what, I'm going to swipe, swipe, swipe. And now I have 10 potential options in front of me. And oh my gosh, I totally forgot about the other nine because I started chatting with this one. But the other nine I was having conversations with, and I just completely forgot about them because I met this one. And now those nine people feel ghosted. Yeah. And maybe that one person that you did have interest in didn't work out. Maybe you went on a couple of dates and it wasn't a good fit. But now those nine opportunities are like done because you burnt that bridge. Yeah. Or, you know, some people will try and go back to those nine and some people will just continue to swipe and still forget about those other nine. Yeah. But that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain not reducing your standards, especially this time of the year, because, you know, apps are, I think, here to stay. They're not going anywhere. And I think they're just getting bigger. Yeah. And I would imagine this might be another myth, but I would imagine in the winter months, we might be on those apps a little bit more if we're single or in a open relationship or whatever the situation may be. And how do you maintain keeping up the standards that you have when dating, especially this time of the year? We were talking earlier about the escort thing. Let's mm-hmm. throw that out of the window right now. <laughs> right now, let's talk about people who then just start to date anyone just so they can have someone during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. What do you think someone should do in that situation? Should they maintain their standards or be like, you know what? He was nice to me. Maybe I'll date him for the next 60 days. Or she, you know, was, you know, I was just talking about this this morning, too. We don't really show our true colors until a few months into a relationship. Mm-hmm. We're on our best behavior in the very beginning. We really want to impress the other person on the first date, second date, third date, fourth date, however long. Mm-hmm. And then slowly we start to fall into our regular behavioral patterns. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone could just be themselves on the first date, just who you are. But then think about this. If I went on a first date with someone and I was 100% true to myself, truly who I am, nobody would ever want a second date with me. I'm a dating coach who's lived in other countries, who's well-educated, who has multiple degrees. I never Um, get a second date. I don't really see that as a negative, though. I think 
if anything, the truer That's because you don't want to date me? <laughs> no, no, that's not you it You don't want to fuck me? <laughs> Pardon no. my French people, but I mean, you look really on. hot. <laughs> no. That's because of an event later. No, I think if we were truly ourselves 100%, even on the first date, it will make it easier to weed out the ass wipes or the, the time wasters. Because <laughs> no, I think a lot of times in life, from the time we're teenagers to the time we're getting older, we pick people because we're under the illusion that they're giving us. And then a year goes by and we're like, oh my God, this guy or this girl is a fucking psychopath. Why wasn't she a psychopath in the first date? Why did I have to move in with her or him to find out that this person is anal about everything? They're controlling, they're miserable. But to be fair, some of that builds over time as well. Some of that is the more comfortable you become with someone, you fall into different patterns together as a couple. So the way you are with one partner is not the way you are with another partner. Hmm. Think back of your long-term relationships. The person you were with each partner was different each time because there's two people that are coming together into the relationship and you're affecting the way you behave. Hmm. See what I'm saying? So when people blame their partner for the things that they're going through, like my mother always called my dad passive aggressive up until the day he died. She, I even found letters where she wrote him about how pass. Anyway, can a person really do that? Or is it really still you? Like, well, you are reacting to them. That and you have a choice. They're okay. Mm -hmm. So you do have a choice. So you can't, I would never say like, it's my partner's fault. I don't think that's fair because okay. you have a choice in how you respond to them. If you know that your partner does something that's very triggering for you, mm -hmm. And it gets under your skin and you lose your shit every time. Mm -hmm. It's on you. You have so, a choice. You don't have to react that way. You really don't. You really don't. But if you, okay, so then where's the middle ground for being yourself? Because, you know, we all have neuroses. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, it's human nature. Uh, how, we, how we grew up, we're made up of all of our experiences. How do we get to that core on a first date? So me and you, if we were both single, can get right to the conclusion, mm, no, or yes, let's move forward <laughs> with this. Like, and why, why does it take so long? I feel like as we talked about it before, you said straight relationships don't have that level of communication yet, whereas maybe other relationships do. How can we get people to the point where we're just ourselves? Because I feel like the sooner humanity gets to the point where we're not judging each other and we're completely authentically ourselves, the sooner we can get to the point where we can see more happy couples, more, uh, more love, more harmony, I guess you would say, mm -hmm. amongst all genders and sexes. And I think everyone's dating life. I'm so grateful for my husband. Like we compliment each other, but I wouldn't have been able to get to that point if I wasn't myself. And I feel like for a lot of successful relationships, the other person allows them to be them, who they are, regardless of what that looks like. Whether it, if you're a super nerd or you're super sexy, they don't care. They love you regardless. And I think a lot of times, for a lot of relationships, especially where we're just talking about, you know, picking the wrong person because of holiday pressures, we change ourselves just so we can have a relationship, just so we can say I'm in a relationship, just so I can mm -hmm. say I have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You know, I really think, for one, it's important to understand what it means when we say to be your authentic self. Your authentic self comes from a place of love, from a place of joy, of a place of empathy. So I've heard people say, my authentic self is an asshole. What can I say? Well, that's not your authentic self. That's 
that's your cover up because yeah. Yeah. when you're sarcastic, when you're a jerk to people, it's you feeling guarded. Yeah. You putting up a wall to protect yourself. When we are coming from an authentic place, we are open to the idea of love and compassion. Mm-hmm. So for one, I think we first and foremost need to learn what it means to be authentic. Yeah. Right. And then when we can show up to a first date and be authentic, it also means we are not there for our own purposes. We want to actually get to know another person. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the biggest problems is we go into a first date with what am I going to get from this? Mm. Am I going to find my match? Me, 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 me. I'm looking for my things. I'm listening for my standards, my expectations to be met Mm. instead of showing up for somebody else. Imagine if that you and that other person showed up to a first date with the mindset of I'm showing up for you. I want to explore what you are about. Mm. Can you imagine what kind of relationship that could be? When you make that choice to be empathetic to another person, to really listen to them, to ask questions, to get to know who they are, instead of focused on, I need to share the information about me. Mm -hmm. Let me just find out who you are. Let me see what you're all about. What do you like to do? Who are you? What are your values? What do you believe in? Instead of box checking on a first date. So what do you do for a living? How long have you lived here? Do you own your own home? What kind of car do you drive? Do you see your watch? <laughs> I, some of the first date questions from what I remember, even like just meeting friends sometimes, it is kind of ridiculous. Like I have this one group of friends who used to run in their circles and every time we meet someone that they were introducing, the first question we always ask you is, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, Jesus Christ, are you trying to get a connection already? I'm like... <sighs> Does it matter what I do? (laughs) I'm like, I just want to like have fun tonight. And I think we get away from that. And I feel like that's trickling over into relationships a lot. Honestly, it's all become very transactional, very business-like. The empathy is, uh, we need to bring empathy back to dating. Maybe that's what it really is all about. So even in these holidays months where things are going to become more intense for single people for the next, I guess, three and a half months. But even with couples, the pressure to look successful and happy, I think all of us just need to have more empathy for each other, whether we're single, in a relationship, in a monogamous relationship, in an open relationship, in a polyamorous, whatever. Just like chill the fuck out, let people do whatever the hell they want to do. And just take all this pressure away from ourselves around this time of the year and the rest of the year as well. Stop judging other couples, first of all. Yeah. Right. We just need to stop judging in general. I know we're going to. We're humans. It's what we do. Society does it. Media, social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But when you are looking to either get into a relationship around this time of year or you're trying to improve your relationship or not let your relationship be a victim of family drama, which can happen a lot. I get it. I understand you go to these family get togethers and yeah, extended family, especially. So when you get married, why don't you have kids yet? Why, 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 whatever. Why are you still single? Why are you not, you know, why haven't you put a ring on it yet? It's like, come on. It's like people are in a rush to collapse the timeline. It's like mm-hmm. they need you to hit these milestones right away. It's like people are still raising you, you know, as a baby. It's like, oh, they finally walked. Oh, she finally said something. Oh, all these oh, ah moments. And it's like, even as yeah. an adult, people are like, so when are you going to graduate from college? Okay, now when are you going to get married? Okay, now when are you going to have a baby? Okay, now when are you going to start saving for your kids to go to college? It's like milestone after milestone after milestone instead of just enjoying the great thing that is life yeah well you know dating isn't easy yeah (laughs) families aren't easy relationships in general are not easy but they're rewarding 
They are. And do you think the sooner we get to everything you were talking about when it comes to empathy and just not judging people have successful relationships? They do. I mean, relationships take work. They take effort. I know the word work is scary. Sorry. They take effort. But if you are willing to put in the effort and your partner is willing to put in the effort, then I think you can have a very beautiful relationship. And you have to remember that relationships are ever-changing. You can't get stuck in in the way it was Mm -hmm. when you first met or, you know, when you first got married they are naturally going to change and grow. That is how we are designed as human beings. We are designed to grow and change. Evolve, evolve. Yeah. So that means your relationship has to. And it doesn't mean that you have to grow apart. You can grow together. Even if your partner gets interested in a a new activity and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't like that activity. I'm going to lose this person. You're not going to lose them. Just support them. Yeah. Just support them through it. People forget how valuable it is to just offer someone unconditional love. Like I've, like my dad, I said some absurd things to him when he was alive, you know, as a teenager and as a child. And he will always be like, "Uh uh-huh, son, whatever you want. Just him saying that to this day, it still lives with me because out of everyone in my life, my dad was my biggest supporter. And even my husband, you know, I come up with these wild ideas sometimes. He says, okay, let's see where that goes. And I think in any relationship, whether it's your best friend, your parents, your, your kids, your grandparents, uh, your, your cut, whatever, you just want to be supported unconditionally. And no matter what decisions you make outside of illegal decisions, you know, they're behind you. So, you know, go for it. Let's see where this goes. And mm-hmm. it's more important in relationships, especially when it comes to like dating and, you know, just coupling. You have to allow the person to just do whatever the fuck they want to do within reason. Right. Yeah, like, within, uh... re- within reason. <laughs> yeah. It's just like not everything. Some stuff you have to be like, okay, I think we might um have to separate. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yes, support. Support is very important. Unconditional yeah. love means you support them in their dreams, in their goals, and their ambitions in life. You know, I hear a lot of times where couples will say, she stopped supporting me. I want to come up with a new business idea. And she's just getting on me about how I'm going to make this work. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean you have to say, you know, it's okay if we go broke following your dreams. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. there are ways to support your partner to say, look, I want to support you. I think this is a great idea. What can we do together to make sure that this is successful? Yeah. And let's do this together. What, what do you need from me to support you both ways? It's not just, you know, men, women, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But to say to your partner, I want to support you. I want to be your biggest cheerleader. I want to be your biggest fan Yeah. because at the end of the day, no matter what you are doing, your partner should be your number one fan. Pretty much. And if they're not, you're doing something wrong. And by something wrong, I meant you chose the wrong person. Yeah, maybe it's just not a good fit anymore. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. You know, Yeah. who knows what's going on? There's so much to relationship. But I really want people to look at the holiday time as a time to celebrate, to be connected to other people, especially right now, we are still in the middle of this pandemic and whatever you want to call it anymore. I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know. I'm just like, what's happening? What am I allowed to do now? What am I not allowed to do? Okay, cool. Um, So I know that that's, it's been a lot of pressure. It's been a year and a half, almost two years now of feeling disconnected from people. And now we're going into the second holiday season uh, of being in this pandemic. And the loneliness is just full force right now. So if you're feeling lonely, I want you to reach out to someone. I don't care who you're reaching out to, just reach out to someone, reach out to a coworker, reach out to a friend, a family member, reach out to a hotline, yeah, <laughs> reach sure out to people that. on Facebook. Yeah. But 
I just see so many people posting about feeling lonely right now. And it really breaks my heart to know that people are feeling that lonely. I don't want people to feel lonely. And I know I can't solve all the problems of loneliness, but at the same time, please just reach out to people. It's, this is the time where we need to show connection, show love, show empathy towards other people. Be reminded it's the season of giving, mm-hmm. not taking. Not taking. So exactly. give your time, lend an ear to someone. It doesn't mean you have to financially give to people, but be of service to someone. Yes. Pay it forward somehow. Yes. And on that note... Thank you for joining us for this wonderful holiday special. <laughs> we're we, so cliche. <laughs> yeah. We love it though. We love the cheese. When we're like naming our shows. We're like, oh, this sounds cheesy. Let's go for it. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. Yeah. Well, Andrea, it's been good talking with Kanan. you. We'll be seeing all of you. Um, well, November. Actually, no, November 28th. Yeah. Yep. November 28th, we'll be back for season two. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a really exciting season and I cannot wait to share it with everyone. We love you all. Happy holidays and we will see you all soon. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast, where dating doesn't just stop because you're in a relationship. To have a happy and healthy relationship, we need to continue to put in the effort. For more information and a free consultation from me, please visit andrealarosacoaching.com. Until next time.